Good morning, everybody. Today we are learning Yeshua, Parak Yudchetz, and Parak Yudzayin. We saw that the Pesukim went through these cities that the Bnei Yosef were zeichet to conquer, were zeichet to inherit, and Eretz Yisrael. And today's Parak, we're going to, the Parak is going to start with that Klai Yisrael sets up the Mishkan and Shilai. Then Yeshua is going to tell the rest of the Shvatim, the seven Shvatim that are remaining, we did not get their portion of Eretz Yisrael yet. It's time that they get their portion as well. It seems that they were being a little bit either lazy or they weren't running to divide up the land. We'll, we'll have to see why at the end of the Parak, why they weren't eager to divide up the land. And then the end of the parak is going to discuss the Chalukah Sa'aretz, the division of the land for the Shevet of Menashe. So let's jump around to the parak. Parak Yudchatz, Pasuk Al, says the Pasuk, Halukah Das Bnei Yisrael, Shilat, Be'eshkinu Shomet, Sa'el Mai, Kaisel got together, Be'eachtas, we'll come back to this at the end, and then they set up the Mishkan in Shilat, Ba'aretz, Nechma Shilat, Name, and now the land was going to be conquered in front of them. Rashi explains that once the Mishkan was set up, then Ha'it Sa'aretz, Noichel, Likavish, Lefeim. Then it was going to be easy. There were still certain parts of Ha'it Sa'aretz they didn't conquer. Once the Mishkan was set up, it was now going to be easy to conquer the rest of the land. So now there remained seven Shvatim who did not get their portion in Eretz Yisrael who did not divide up the land yet. We already had Ruven, God, Chatishet, Menashe. We saw the Chalukah of Yehuda and the Chalukah of Ephraim. So that is five Shvatim. We have seven Shvatim remaining. Yeshua tells the rest of Klai Yisrael how long are you going to delay to divide up the land? We'll have to come back to uh, we'll come back at the end of the parak to explain what exactly was the, why was was it Klai's on a rush to finish up the division. Pasuk Dalit Havu Lachem Shleisha Nashim Lashevet Vashacham Eikum of Yisal Chubaretz Vichtov Oisal Fi Nachlasam Yaveilai Yeshua says send three people from each shevet. They're going to scout out the land. They're going to explain. They're going to describe the exact configurations of different cities in Eretz Yisrael, and then we'll be able to divide up properly. It's interesting. The Malbim here goes through to explain exactly if everything was going to be done up to the girl, everything's going to be done up to the lottery, and it seems that Klai Yisrael already knew the Shvatim already knew in which area of Eretz Yisrael they're going to be Yashin. For example, we know that Zvulim was going to be Chayav Yam. Zvulim was going to be at the edge of the water. So what exactly? How do we? Why exactly did Klai Yisrael need to do a girl? Why did they need to scout the land? If we already know people Chayav Yam, what was going to happen? So the Malbim goes. To explain that basically, you're right, in a Khanami, it could be sure already knew exactly which portion that everybody's going to inherit. However, they were as a din, Allah was that you have to use a girl, which we said already, and we spoke this out in the beginning in the early Prakim, that that's why they used a girl at the, even for the last Shevet, they used a girl because that was Xerus Arkasa, we have to use a lottery to divide up the land. We're going to divide up the land into different seven portions. Yehuda is going to be in the Negev and Yesu is going to be in the north. And we're going to divide up the land into seven portions. We're going to divide up Eretz Yisrael into another seven Chalakim and we'll make a girl who gets which portion. Again, whether it was Donald P. Ruch HaKadosh, Donald P. the girl, Donald P. both. Definitely discussion of the Again, yeah, Yeshua repeats, I, if, we, if we count already five Shvatim, we have another seven Shvatim left, but what about Levi? That should get us another eight Shvatim. And if we're counting a five and Asha, two separate Shvatim, the answer is, Levi is not going to get a portion in Eretz Yisrael, the God, Ruven, Mechati, Shevim, Nasha, Lachu, Nach, Lotsam, Eber, Eretz Yisrael, Shonas, Lam, Eshevim, Nasheim, and Ruven, God, Mechati, Shevim, Nasheim, already got their portion in Eber, Yard, Pasuk, Chas, Vayikum, Anashim, Vayelchu, Vayitzav, Yeshua, Esachim, Lachu, Vayitzav, Arts, Leymar, Lachu, Vayitzav, Arts, Vikis, Vayitzav, Vishuv, Eli, Upayash, Lachu, Lachem, Gar, Lachu, Nasheim, Vishilat, Yeshua sends them away, tells them to come back, to write down, to divide up the land, and then they're going to come back, and they're going to divide up the land, Api, the girl. Pasuk, Tess, Vayelchanash. And again, if you take a look at the Malm, the Malm's Medayak in each one of these took him that even though they were going to use a girl, really it was all going to be done. 
through Ruach HaKadosh as well, and each Sheva was going to get the portion that they were supposed to get originally. They came back, they divided the land into seven portions, they came back to Yeshua split up the land, and they made a girl, each Sheva got different parts in Eretz Yisrael. So now we're going to see, we're going to go through, the next part of the parak is going to go through the division for the Shevet of Menashe. The next parak is going to do the, the last six Shvatim, but this parak is going to discuss specifically the division, the Chalukah Sa'aretz that Binyamin got. Again, just describing exactly their boundaries. Again, in the first remember, speak out that Beisel is referring to different places in Tanakh. The Pasuk refers to a place called Beisel. It's not necessarily the same place. There's at least two or three different places. that's the border in the Negev. This is the exact boundaries that Binyamin inherited in Eretz Yisrael. Now the Apostle is going to list up the exact cities that they inherited as well. Kitsits, Ubeis Haravo, Tsumarma Beis El, Havima Parva Ef, Ukfar, Amani, Ve, Haofni, Vigava, Arim, Shtem, Etzer, Vichatre, Vigava, I'm sorry, Arim, Shtem, Etzer, Vichatre, twelve cities in total, Pasuk of Hegivain, Ve, Harama, Uve, Eris, Va, Mitzvah, Vakfir, Va, Mait, Verekem, Yerp, El, Visar, Allah, Ve, Tseloh, Elaf, Bayusi, Yushalayim, give us Kiris, Arim, Arba, Etzer, Vichatre, Pasuk says they also got Yushalayim, which the Mephashim point out, you take a look at their Adak. The Radak points out that we saw that Yehuda also got a portion of Yerushalayim. So the Radak explains that in Hanami, the Gemara explains that part of Yerushalayim was Yehuda, part of Yerushalayim was, but yeah, definitely interesting discussion as well whether Yerushalayim itself was in Schalak Lishvatim. The Pasuk here sounds like that Binyamin had a portion in Yerushalayim. The Pasuk says that the Aram Arba Asr, and other 14 cities. This was the portion, this was the inheritance that Binyamin had in Eretz Yisrael. A few quick insights on the parak, starting with the Shev of Binyamin. So the parak spoke out the inheritance that Binyamin was there. Just one interesting insight about Binyamin himself, that Binyamin is one of the people in Tanakh that we find that he actually was given two different names. Number one, the Pasuk brings down, if you take a look in Vayishlach, the Pasuk brings down, that Rachel called Binyamin Ben Aini, that the Rachel called Binyamin Ben Aini, and the Pasuk ends off, Vav of Karla Binyamin, and his father Yaakov called him Binyamin. So it's interesting the Farshim discuss is, is it that Binyamin Taka had two names or no, that really stick with the name Binyamin, and Ben Aini wasn't his real name. But this does raise the question what is the Jewish approach, what is the Ashkavic approach for a person to have two names? Is there, is there an idea that a person should only have one name, or a person can have? as many names as he wants. So it's definitely an interesting discussion. The Mepharshim point out that from Binyamin, it's not necessarily right, because like we spoke out, it could be that his real name was Binyamin. So the two definitely very interesting Marmachimis, if we take a look at the Chuvus Neidibi Yehuda, the Neidibi Yehuda and Archaim Tinyana, Simon Kufud Gimel, some Sefer as well, and Evan Ezra Chas point this out, that the Neidibi speaks out, and it's interesting because he did not have a Barilan, he did not have something to search, but the Neidibi just says that as far as he can remember, there's no Tano or Meira 
in the times of the Gemara that has two names. And the first one point out, we do find one, two, or three that seemingly have two names, and they explain, no, they don't have two names. The Nehemiah just says, we find that in, in, in the Tanaim Nehemiah, they only had one name. Most, all, either all the Tanaim seemingly says in Nehemiah had only one name. So therefore, Nehemiah just suggests that it seems, at least in the times of the Gemara, the Minig was to have two names. I'm sorry, the Minig was only to have one name. However, he says in Tanakh, we find that some people did have two names. Not so many, he says. But we do find that some people did have two names. It seems like the Nehemiah is not objecting to the concept of having two names. But he is pointing out that it definitely was not the Minig. Originally, some Sefer as well points this out in Evan Ezra Simon Ches, that it seems, at least in the Gemara, the meaning was not to have two names. So definitely a fascinating discussion in the Bali Machshava. Is there an Indian for a person to have one name, or is it okay for a person to have as many names as you want? Each person has to follow their own minute. Now jumping back to the beginning of the parak, the parak start off, So the first one point out that one of the fundamental things which was necessary before Klai Yisrael could set up the Mishkan, was this idea of a Yikalu, that Klai Yisrael comes together. Bishalim, the only way that we can set up the Mishkan, the only way that a Kalish Baruch will rest the Shechina amongst Klai Yisrael, is if we have that Shalom, is if we come together, and only then, and only then, can we set up the Mishkan. It's actually, there's a Rashi, which sounds very much like this, that the Mepharshim point out, Rashi in Mezai Sabracha, Rashi Perak Lamed Gil points out the Pasuk says by Hibishur and Melech by Yisasev Rashi Am. So Rashi over there explains the Pshat of the Pasuk is like this beautifully. Dover Acher Bisasev Bisasvim Yachad Baguda Achas V'yeish Shalim B'neim. Then who Malka V'loikish Yeish Machlekes B'neim. Rashi I think is quoting a Medrash over there that Rashi says that Hakadosh Baruch Hu is only Shayr Shchinen Klai Yisrael. Hakadosh Baruch Hu is only going to rest the Shchina when there's Shalim when there's peace amongst Klai Yisrael. So it's definitely a very important aside, extremely important idea. That in order for Klai to have the Shechina rest amongst us, in order for us to bring Mashiach, we have to have this idea, this idea of unity, this idea of Klai coming together, in order for Hashem to rest the Shechina, and in order for us to have Mashiach. It's a beautiful idea, which Reb Sachs brings out, Reb Sachs Atzal brings down in his Sefer, Tehillah Fracture World, page 55. He describes how after the Holocaust, the Hasidim come to the Rebbe, and they say, Rebbe, Rebbe, we don't understand how come Mashiach didn't come yet. And the, the rabbi says, well, I don't understand. What exactly was the question? So the Hasidim responds, what do you mean? The terror describes how before Mashiach comes, there's going to be terrible xeris against Klai Yisrael. Hitler definitely was Mekayim, all the terrible xeris we see in the terror. And also the terror says that before Mashiach comes, Klai Yisrael is going, going to gather together in Eretz Yisrael. And look, Eretz Yisrael, look how many of are now moving to Eretz Yisrael. So I don't understand. Why is Mashiach come? So the Rebbe responds, I will tell you, my son, said the Rebbe, how could the Mashiach come? Consider, if you were a chassid of one sect, the chassidim of the other sect would not recognize him. If he was a chassid, the misnagdim would not recognize him. If he were religious, the secular Jews would not recognize him. How then could he come? So the Rebbe told the chassidim, the Mashiach can't come because if he's part of another sect in Klai Yisrael, you're not going to recognize him. And the Rebbe continued and he said, I'm going to tell you a great secret. It is not we who are waiting for the Mashiach, it is the Mashiach who's waiting for us. Again, we are, it's not that we're waiting for Mashiach, Mashiach is here, he's just waiting for Klai Yisrael to come back together. And the Rebbe ended up and he told him, what would you do if Mashiach would arrive? And the, the Rebbe asked Hasidim, what would you do if Mashiach would come? So of course you would, would you not greet him, a long-awaited friend? Would you not invite him as a royal guest? Of course you would give him the tremendous cover, you would give him tremendous honor. And the Hasidim, the Hasidim replied, of course you would, Rebbe, of course Mashiach would come, that's how we would greet him. So the Rebbe responded, well, if that's the case, I will tell you what you must do and teach others to do. Regard every person, familiar or stranger, young or old, learned, learned or unlearned, observant or unobservant, as if he or she might be the Mashiach. For the Mashiach will surely come in disguise. If only we would do this, we would find that without realizing it, the Mashiach had come. What a beautiful idea of Sachs is telling us that in order for us to bring Mashiach, we have to treat everybody in Klai Yisrael as if they could and possibly are the potential Mashiach. And that way, when we have that unity, we have that respect, when we have that shalom with everybody, that's when Mashiach will come. It just reminds me of this idea of being sensitive to everybody, bringing shalom to everybody. It reminds me of a beautiful story. 
that I saw from Rabbi Isra Zalma Meltzer, that's how the, the, in Rabsichas of Shlema, in Shlema Hatman Sefer, he describes how Rabbi Isra Zalma Meltzer once came home, and his Talmudim was walking Rabbi Isra Zalman home, and he sees Rabbi Isra Zalman gets to the door, and he knocks on the door, and then he quickly turns around and goes down the steps, and he sees 10 minutes later he goes back up, listens by the door, goes back down, and only a few minutes later does he go back and enter his house. So the Talmud afterwards goes over to his Rebbe and says, Rebbe, I don't understand what exactly happened. Why didn't you go in right away? So Rebbe Zalman Meltzer responded, because I heard that the person was cleaning in the house, she was singing a song, she was singing as she was cleaning, and I knew that if I would walk in, she'd have to stop singing. And so Rebbe Zalman explained, I knew that this is one of the pleasures that she gets, this is one of the things she enjoys, is to just sing, and to be able to be with Simcha through her sing. and I didn't want to chas v'shalom interrupt her, and take away that Simcha, take away that joy that she has. What a beautiful message, a beautiful idea that Rebbe Zalman Meltzer is teaching us, how we have to be sensitive to other people. And this, we have to take this, we have to try to bring this practically into our lives. It's brought down with Shem Darizal, that before a person davens, he should try to be Mekai the Mitzvah, you have to do the He should try to think of somebody, somebody out there, some, whether it's somebody in Shul, somebody out there in the world, your friend, a chaver, a relative, how, to, that, how you can show them how much you appreciate them, how you can be Mekai this Indian, this Mitzvah, of and this idea, this Nakuda of Shalom, it's interesting. It's at the Mishpat Zayzav actually is Madaik later on in the Pesukim as well. That the Pasuk over here says that Klai Yisrael was waiting, they didn't want to divide the land of the Yisrael. The question is, what exactly is the Pshat on that? So if you take a look at Matsudas David over here, the Matsudas David in the Pasuk Gimel explains, Yeshua tells Klai so I know why you don't want to divide the land. Why? Because you don't want to divide the land. Keith, very interesting, says the Matutas David. Yeshua tells Klai, so I know why you don't want to divide up the land in the next I know why you're not rushing, because you think that the second I tell everybody, the second I tell every Shavit which portion they're going to get, so now each Shavit's going to go to their portion, and then you're not going to help each other, you're not going to have the same unity, the same achlas that you had before. So Yeshua tells them, but the Tarot says, no, you should still divide up the land, because it's really Hashem who fights your battles, and don't worry about it, even if you don't help each other, Hashem will still fight your battles. But this Nakuda, this idea, that the Mitzudah's David is bringing out, based on the Pesukim over here, is that Yeshua understood this, that when Klai Yisrael has a common goal, a common mission that they're going to do, be doing together, then we come together by achlas, we come together in unity. So when Klai Yisrael had to fight the wars together, they knew they're going to be on the same team, they're going to have that Achtas. However, when they finished that, when they didn't have the same goal anymore, then unfortunately Achtas is a little bit harder to accomplish. I actually heard one of my rabbis repeated to me how he was once in the hospital in, this, in Manhattan, and he unfortunately was there because of a tsara, and one of his close relatives was undergoing some serious disease, but he described how he went to the shul on Friday night, he was there over Shabbos, and he went to the shul in the hospital, and he said it was, there was a beautiful scene, that there were pe- many different types of yidin there, from you didn't, not from you didn't, people there for simchas, either people were there because they had a baby, or people were there because they had very challenging diseases. And my Rebbe described the achtas, the feeling of unity, the sheared responsibility that they all had for each other, how they were all helping each other, they all felt each other's pain, each other's simcha, was something that he said you cannot describe. And he told me, he repeated to me, how it's something we have to recognize, it's something we have to work on, that it's those moments when we recognize that whether it's through a tzah or whether through a simcha, that we all come together and we recognize that we really are brothers, we have to try to take this lesson, take this idea, and recognize that we're brothers, even during a regular time, even when we don't have that sheer common goal, we are, Klai Yisrael is one big mishpach. One more ara, the Pesachim over here just spoke about the Mishkan Shiloh, that Klai Yisrael set up the Mishkan in Shilai. There's an interesting discussion in the Farshim, Briskrov discussed this, the Kenner and Zvachim and others, discussed, did Mishkan have the same status of the Beis HaMikdash in the sense that there was a mitzvah of Alila Regal? Did Klai Yisrael go up during the Shilash Regalim to Mishkan Shilah or no? Do we say no? That was Dafka Mitzvah in the base of Mikdash, but not in Mishkan Shila. Definitely interesting discussion to Farshim what exactly the status of the Mishkan and specifically Mishkan and Shila had. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.